It's a, it's a good day to die to, with Jesus again. See, we, we, we take up, put our armor on, and head out to stand with Jesus. Another day, we are more than conquerors, but not in ourselves, right? It's through him that loved us. <laughs> in Jesus, all things are possible. Jesus says, unto him that believeth, all things are possible. Not some things, not a few things, not whatever we just want to do for ourselves. It's, it's as you put your hand to the plow to labor for him, he removes the obstacles that um, look like it's impossible to plow. It's like, how am I going to get this done? Well, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll, he'll keep you. He'll keep the feet of the saints. This morning, um, we're going to continue in this, uh, the riches that are in Christ Jesus. This is part three. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I'll have to admit, I had to, I had to prune down what I had because I'm telling you there, this is a topic that will excite faith. It will energize hope. And um, it, it'll, it'll enable you to be able to press through the, um, well, anything, anything that stands in the way of this. See, this is a foundational truth. If this doesn't happen, if Christ isn't in you, you will not have any hope. Uh, I'm talking about of eternal life. You might have hope of having a big house or a big car. People hope in these things. They put their trust in these things. But the thing is, is that Christ gives you, when he's in you, he gives you the hope of glory. In other words, of being glorified together with him in the presence of God forever. Now, that's quite a hope, huh? To be joined together with the Lord forever to live in a, a state of absolute sinlessness to where your desire is 100% given over to um, doing whatever the Lord asks you to do. We don't know exactly what the age is to come, but we know one thing. We're going to be there with Christ and, and have direct fellowship with God. We're going to see his face. That's what he said. He says, and, and God himself will be with you. Right now, we have a first fruit of that. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Godhead has moved in. <laughs> well, of course, sin had to be taken away first, but we'll get into this. The text is Colossians 1.27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Unless this truth is made known to all saints in every age, in every generation, well, um, we would be ignorant. See, God has to open these things up. No one, no Jew ever sat and thought, you know what? I think God's going to join together everything in Christ. It, it, these things had to be revealed, and that's what we have the apostles for, right? They were given the doctrine, and they preached it, they wrote it, and they handed it down for God's people. When it came to this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, Christ chose one apostle. Now, now, of course, when you realize that it was the apostle to the Gentiles, 
the one the Gentiles didn't have any promises from God. They didn't have any any revelation. We don't ever hear about God sending them a prophet. The Gentiles were alienated from the life that's in God through their ignorance. But see, he didn't give them any information. Paul makes this mystery known to the Ephesians. But see, why did he do that? Because this was a church that was walking in the spirit. This was a church that could track with him. They could understand what he was saying. And so he gave them, he opened it up to them because he could. I mean, I mean you, 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 when you read through the, the Gospels, you get a sense that Paul was anxious to and looking forward to opening things up that God had given him. But the environment had to be right. He didn't say this to the Corinthians, right? He says, I won't speak of anything to you except Christ crucified. Why? Because they had gone back. See, this is, this is something that they, Paul was teaching them that you have to die to self in order to be alive to God. That, that's what he was saying there. Christ crucified. See, but see, there's a, even a greater revelation than that. It's when you were raised up together with Christ. See, this is in the Ephesians. They're living in, in the spirit. They're walking in the spirit. So Paul shares with them something that is, well, this is, uh, even in, in the scripture, if you know the scriptures, this is, a, this, is, this is only God could do this. Only God could take and join together those who didn't have understanding and, and didn't love God and didn't want God. And he joined them together with his holy people. Uh, but look at how marvelously he did it. Now, remember, this is a discussion. You're welcome to participate anytime. And I will um, definitely. <laughs> yes, Sister June. You're talking about breaking down that wall of partition. Yes. Between the Jews and the Gentiles. Uh-huh. <clears throat> the Jews were taught by God thousands of years. Yes, yes. And they had the advantage. Paul says, what advantage is there to being a Jew? Yes. They had the temple. They had uh -huh. the, the word. That's they, right. They had all of these That's right. priesthood. They had all of these advantages. Uh -huh. But at their heart, they were the same as the Gentiles mm -hmm. as far as being uh, in need of a Savior to change their nature. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the point. Yes. Of yes. It breaking down between the two. Yes, the that's fact right. That Jew and Gentile are now made one in Christ shows mm -hmm. the universal need for Christ, mm -hmm. and the fact that all men have fallen short. Yes. And some, even with advantage, have fallen short, and those without advantage yeah. have fallen short. That's right. That's right. And then Christ is the only one that brings all together into one. Amen. To submit to the Father. Amen. Brother David? In uh, Romans chapter 9, verse 23, mm -hmm. it, he's talking about uh, God being like a potter mm -hmm. to make different vessels for different yes. purposes, and some for honor and some for dishonor. And in verse 22 says, What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. Mm -hmm. And then he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, mm -hmm. which he had before prepared unto glory, even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also mm -hmm. Jim. Yes. That's the same thought here. Amen. So there's some of the vessels of mercy. Mm-hmm. 
were Gentiles, not just Jews. That's right. Amen. 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 So it says in the scriptures, it says that the Gentiles, this is why he did it. This is that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. Now, see, but to someone who was just raised as a Jew and he was raised to think we're separate, we're the ones that have all the benefits. We're the, as far as this sounded strange, fellow heirs. And it even took the apostles a while for this to sink in, right? They just didn't immediately go out and start preaching to the Gentiles. Because see, this, this, this in, in your mind, this, you can see if you've been taught this line of reasoning that the Jews are separate, you're not to have any fellowship with the Gentiles, you're not to, this was something that had to be revealed. And it had to be revealed to them, not just in a doctrine. They had to understand what they were doing. But see, uh, they were never going to be made of the same body. And I see when, for us, looking back, this makes perfect sense. God would do this because he's, the, he's not only God of the Jews, but he's God of the Gentiles. He's going to bring, if you look back there, it's in the Old Covenant. It's in the scriptures that, that, that he was going to do this. He was going to bring them all together. And, um, but see, when... It's something that w w when you think more highly of, of one group, you tend to alienate others. It's just the way it is. It's just the way we are. Uh, some people do it with family. This is our family. You know, but see, the, the Jews were a special nation. You can't get away from that. Yeah. They were special. They were actually the miracle people. There's no way Abraham and Sarah could have a baby, but God gave them one, and then he sanctified it, then he gave him a covenant. Then, so you see, God started working with one man, and he created a whole nation of people for himself in order that the Christ could be born in an environment of peace. Yes? And it wasn't just their inception that made them a miracle people. Yeah. The, the, the entire nation of Israel, as they progressed, they were sustained by God. Yes. They, they, they crossed the Red Sea in, in a miraculous way. They were fed in the wilderness uh -huh. in a miraculous <clears throat> way. They were, they were sustained with water that came from a rock. Yes. Their clothes didn't wear out. Yeah. See, so God, God is the sole reason why this people even was able to, That's right. to continue. Amen. Now, you know, God took Saul, converted him, remember? And then he, after he met with the brother, and he went out, and, and he was in, in the desert for three years being trained personally by the risen Christ. And um, so as he, when he says it, they're going to be partakers of his promise, he knows what he's talking about. He's, he's got this information firsthand from Christ. And he says in, to the Ephesians in chapter 3, he says, Whereof I was made a minister, why, why? To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Paul knew that they weren't going to understand this on their own. He had to preach this. He had to reveal this. And he was faithful. He says, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God. Which means, see, it wasn't their fault that they couldn't figure it out because it hadn't been revealed. Even though there was tid tidbits and there was little sections of scripture that, that now we can look back and say, that's what he's talking about. They, it, it didn't gel in them and it didn't gel on purpose. It was hid in God. <laughs> it says, um, who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent. And now Paul's going to get down to the real reason why. See, it doesn't make sense to us. It didn't really make sense to angels. 
principalities and powers. Like what? How is he going to do this? It was one thing, take away sin. That was, you know, speaking as a man, pretty mind-blowing. Like, how is a holy God going to dwell with people that were, are sinful? Well, God's going to take away their sin. But he says, to the intent, this is why he's joined these two together, that now unto the principalities and powers of heavenly places might be known by the church. This is where this is happening. This is happening in the church, not in the world. He's called them out, made them his people. And in the church, Jew and Gentile would become one. That these principalities and powers might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God, only God could do this. (laughs) There's nobody else that could figure this out. But God not only figured out, he predetermined it. Now, if you've ever predetermined something, you can, you'll, you'll know right, right away that you don't have the power to do everything you predetermine. You'll have it all laid out. It'll all be, it'll be a master plan. And yet, somewhere down the line, you didn't have the understanding to know what was going to happen at any given moment. And the whole thing can just go sideways. And it's like, well, now we have to do something called improvise. And we're pretty good at improvising, right? We can kind of, well, you know, kind of. But see, God has never had to improvise, ever. Now, see, this is a great God we serve. So in other words, if you know, if you have the confirmation in yourself that you're in Christ, that Christ is in you, see, you've been made a part of this covenant. And I mean, talking about, because see, we're Gentiles. I don't know, is there any Jews here? I don't think so. We're Gentiles. So if we know that Christ is in us, not only are we part of the covenant, we're part of the promises. Think of all the promises that God's made. They're yours. They belong to you, sister. Scripture says that all the promises of God are yea and yes. in Christ. In him, yeah. There are really three categories of people. Uh, in the world, you still have Jew and Gentile. Mm-hmm. But then there's that third category that's been created in Christ, the church. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if you're in the church, you're not counted Jew or Gentile anymore. That's right. You're counted in Christ. That's right. Amen. Amen. Now, you know, we've heard a lot about walls. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's funny to me because it, it's just the way they like to bander back and forth. And nothing really gets said. But look, God has a reason when he erects a wall. Right? Go ahead, brother. First Corinthians ten thirty two. Uh-huh. Paul says, Give none offense neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God. Yeah. Like Sister Yes. Said. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. So God erected a wall between the Jew and the Gentile. It was a wall that could not you now if a person wanted to know the God of the Jews, they would let him. He had to become a proselyte. He had to he had to become a part of the covenant. In other words, he would have to be circumcised because that was the sign of the covenant. But have you ever considered that walls are erected for, for, to divide? As they're a division. So see, God had erected this wall, this middle wall of partition between these two nations in order that he might divide. See, God divided the Jews off so he could work with them. He could work with them so he wouldn't have to destroy the world every few thousand years. There would be a holy people. And even even they they um, didn't listen to him. So he had to send prophets. He had to 
great revivals and they had look in the scriptures there's several great revivals where they they found the book of the law and they repented and and god here heard them and gave them grace but see this wall remained all the way up until the time that god tore it down but see this wall was there for a reason and um you know the walls in our day are erected to separate to divide lands countries and peoples walls are erected to maintain a distinct division between whatever is on each side it's to divide now did you also know that god was the first one to divide anything he was the first one chapter one of genesis we find god doing a lot of dividing he's he's creating things and then he's dividing it so see god has a reason for dividing things and it's a good reason everything god does is good he said let there be light and there was light and god saw the light that it was good so what did God do? God divided the light from the darkness. And he's been, he's still dividing the light from the darkness even unto today. He, he hasn't stopped doing that. Now, I'm talking about in you. You notice that, that you, something will come to you. It's like, this really isn't, I mean, it's not sinful, but it's just not the best thing. What happened? God divided the light from the darkness. He is helping us to where we can perceive that's not right. That's not, that's not the best thing. And, and, and so I'm glad that God does this. He helps us to discern between good and evil, right and wrong. <clears throat> to this very day, God's continuing his work always. He, God doesn't, he doesn't stop working, right? He's always been working and he always will be working. Yes, Brother Justin? Yeah, I was thinking about that walls. Walls are also created that something won't enter in. That's right. Something that seeks to enter in won't Uh be able to enter in. And I was thinking the kingdom of heaven has walls, and it says that nothing defiling shall (laughs) enter in. That's right. And see, there's a wall in between unregenerate humanity and God, and see, Christ is the door. Yes, amen. we, we We can enter in, by Christ, yes, which is that's right. the door. See, that's right. And anybody else, they they can't enter in. Anybody yeah. who tries to climb up some other way, the yeah. same as a thief and a robber. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Brother Rob, uh, God protected all of us. Also in the garden, with yes. Adam by putting Adam out of the garden. That's right. He ate of that tree of life. Amen. Amen. That's yeah. true. You know. Yeah. Go ahead. When God created a people for himself and that's mm-hmm. what he did in abraham mm-hmm. he created mm-hmm. a people that's for right himself uh-huh. it was so that he could be seen mm-hmm. in his dealings with them yes they were a witness and a testimony to the earth because his name was identified yes with them amen so whenever they saw something happening with israel mm-hmm. they were seeing what god did mm-hmm. both for them and and whenever he was against them they mm-hmm. were seeing the righteousness of God mm-hmm. but he did that to kind of bring it down into a, a, an area we could focus on mm-hmm. and really look at that's right and understand yes. he just didn't throw it out no. and everything he put it into a people mm-hmm. amen and they also were a people prepared for the the savior of the That's world right. to be yes. born in, Amen. so that from the very beginning he mm-hmm. would be associated with the God of the Jews. Amen. 
Yes. And with the righteousness of the, the people of God. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> whenever it, the Gentile world shows us what humanity is without yeah. any constraints from That's God, right. without That's right. any influence mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. God, even though he did judge the nations, yes. he didn't give them the teaching about the judging that he did to Israel. That's right. Whenever he judged Israel, oftentimes he'd say, because you this, mm -hmm. or because this is in you, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, the Gentiles, they they got judged because yes. God is righteous. That's right. But we, there is so much to be seen in that. Yeah. Amen. That if, if it were scattered just mm -hmm. here and there in the world, we would never be able to identify it. That's right. It. Amen. The, Amen. Uh, that, that thought arose when we, you reminded us about God dividing. Mm -hmm. Though there was light all over the place. Yeah. But there was also darkness in it. Yeah, right. With it. Yeah. And when he divided it, mm -hmm. he he made that distinction. And mm -hmm. he's always doing that. Yes. And Amen. All through the scripture, even in areas where it isn't real pointed, mm -hmm. you still see where God is. There is light. And yes. where God is not, there is darkness. Amen. Amen. Now, Noah built an ark, right? But God would use that ark to make a distinction between who was going to live and who was going to die. Now, if you weren't in the ark, you died. If you were in the ark, you lived. So you see that God's building a, an understanding in everything that he does. When God told Abram to get out of his country and he would make of him a great nation, it would be a nation that would be wholly separated from all the other nations. It would be wholly unto God. It would be his nation. And we talked about some of that. The God of heaven would come to be known as the God of Abraham. Now, now think about how specific this is. The God, like Sister June's already mentioned, God would narrow this all down to where if you wanted to understand and you read the revelation, you would have an understanding of what God was doing. But see, this is um, the reading and, and seeking out the God of heaven has fallen on hard times in our generation. They'll worship something. Everybody worships something. Even the Gentile nations that were alienated from the life that was in God, they made up their own gods, Right. Because, see, a man was made, created to worship, to worship God. But, see, after the fall, they worshiped all kinds of things. They worshiped the stump of a tree. You know, it, it's, it, it's without light, without understanding, you're going to do whatever seems good to you. And um, that's not the best way to live. If a person from a Gentile nation, well, I already mentioned this, wanted to and I thought this was very merciful of God to do this. Mm -hmm. He made a way that they could if they wanted. Now, so see, that this should be a sign. This should be, be something. This should have caused some kind of sensitivity in the nation. But see, we know that um, they didn't have the Holy Spirit like we have. So we can't judge them too harshly. They were given certain boundaries, and, and those boundaries almost became their God, right? The, the, the law was written so that they might keep it and know God, and yet... When they started worshiping the law more than worshiping God, see, it became a hindrance, actually, to them. But at the same time, what Jew would have ever entertained the notion that someday the same God who built the wall would break it down? See, this it just was alienated from their thinking. They just couldn't think like that. So what did God have to do? God had to send someone, spend time with them, you know, giving them all this revelation, and then 
turn them loose on the world so that they could make this known. And boy, was Paul faithful, huh? We have a complete uh, testimony of what God gave Paul when we get into this area of the mystery. He's the only one that talked about it. The mystery It was hidden God from the foundation of the world, what God was going to do. No angel knew it. Now, Christ, when he was here, he knew it. He, he knew what God was doing. And yet he doesn't break out into long explanations about it because it wasn't time. It wasn't time that people didn't have the Holy Spirit. They wouldn't understand. But Paul reminds the Ephesians of our God. Our God? Yes, it's our God. See, the, God's the God of the whole world. But um, he's the one who divides and he's the one who brings things together. In Ephesians 2.11, it says, this is before. Now, before the wall came down, it says, Wherefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh. Now, this is, this is what we were. Who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of providence, having no hope and without God in the world. So the Gentiles were strangers, uncircumcised, aliens from the commonwealth. They had no promises, no hope, and they were without Christ and they were without God. This is a pretty depraved situation. How is, how is this ever going to be remedied? Well, Christ was going to come, and he was going to be made of a woman. He was, going to be, he was going to be made to live under the law in order that he might keep it and make it honorable. Then he was going to submit, voluntarily submit, to be brutally crucified and suffer the wrath of God against sin in order that this wall might be broken down. He would take—how did he do it? He took away the sin of the whole world, the Gentile world, the Jewish world. He took away all sin. Now this opened the door for the grace of God to be merciful to all the nations. See, and so it was time for the wall to be broken down. I see. So it, now we can you can he can say Jesus. A lot of people talk about this great commission. Go out and preach to all the nations. That was, it's what he gave the apostles, right? Told them, go do this. Why? Because it was time. It was, in other words, when they gave the message, God's grace was right there, making it effective. All it took is for you to believe. If you were given to believe, and it wouldn't make any difference if you were, if you were in Athens, right? And you were up and you were talking to a bunch of philosophers, after Paul spoke, and he spoke of the resurrection, some didn't believe it. Some did. Some received it. Why? Because his words were with power and grace was there. Grace was available to believe. Remember when you believed, what happened? You heard somebody preach. Maybe you considered something that somebody said. And what happened? You were given to believe. Why? Because there was grace available. When you got the message, when you heard the message, you believed it. And what happened? Grace and peace was administered to you from the right hand of God. Christ's own death provided this means where Jew and Gentile could be made one. God would have a, a people of all nations, of all tribes, 
and it would all be holy unto him. Now, see, this is from the very beginning. This was his purpose, but he hid it. He was hidden God. And it looked like on the surface, God only had one little small group, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you had to be one of them if you wanted to know this God. And see, so what has he done? He's broken down the wall. And, and now anyone, whosoever will, doesn't say. Now, when you really get into the fine distinctions, he'll say things like this. In Christ, there's neither male nor female. Now, see, this is a, a distinction that a lot of people don't understand. This is real. Just like, the, uh, just like Jew and Gentile doesn't make any difference. God doesn't say, well, if you're a Gentile, you're not part of this new covenant. No, you are a part. You're welcomed in if you, if you believe. Sister? Yeah. The wall the that we're speaking about here uh-huh. was the, the commandments contained in the ordinances. Ordinance, yeah. Amen. All right. The, it was spelled out, you know, what mm-hmm. you could do, what you can't do, where you could go, where you can't go, when you can go, what you need to do when you get there that sort of thing Mm -hmm. was all spelled out Mm -hmm. because they couldn't just read the law and and make come to these conclusions that's right that's right so it was line upon line Uh precept upon precept Mm -hmm. and that's what separated yeah yeah the jews trusted in that Mm mm-hmm and while that was all they had, mm-hmm. it was right for them to do it. Oh, yes. Amen. But when Jesus came, he didn't abolish the law. Mm-hmm. He took down that barrier. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be one of us, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this. Instead, it brought both together so that the righteousness, not of the law, but of God. Mm-hmm. The law was mm-hmm. an expression of God. That's right. And... So that's why there can be a joining of the two in mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. Because in him, all the law is fulfilled. That's right. And so there isn't, that enmity doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not just a, a division of, of nomenclature, you know, I call myself this, you call yourself that. Mm-hmm. We have a, a little <coughs> bit of a of an inkling of it when there was the allowance for proselytes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to become part of the Jewish mm-hmm. nature not nature, uh, nation and so there's a there was like a, a place where they could enter, you think of Ruth and um, and Naomi? Uh, no, no. Uh, boy I know her name uh, Jericho uh, hid the hid the spies. Thank you, thank you. Just couldn't get it up there. Um, <laughs> they're actually in the lineage. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Jesus. Mm-hmm. So uh, you you see there that that God hadn't he he had shut the door to the Gentiles for their faithless expressions. Mm-hmm. But he he gave just that little that little hope that the Gentiles would be yes. able to enter into yes. the heritage of the Jews. Mm-hmm. And more than that, into into an association with Christ himself. Amen. Amen. Now this is what he said after the wall came down. 
Uh, We heard the bad news, but here's the good news. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes, sometimes were far off, are made nigh by your works. Now, by the blood of Christ. See? For he is our peace, who hath made both one, hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. Even the law of commandments contained an ordinance for to make in himself of twain one new man. And this, remember now, we're talking about something that God purposed from the very beginning. But it just didn't seem apparent. But now Paul's preaching to the guy. He said, it's done. He's done this. When Christ died, this was done. And now it can be proclaimed. And it, when it's proclaimed, which is, which is the point, there's, there's grace that accompanies the message to help, to, to, to help, to give you power to believe. You got to have grace for that. No man believes on his own just because he wants to. There's got to be some grace there. In other words, you heard the message. Did it sound good? Well, now, see, this is your testimony. When you heard the message, if you believed it, if you thought it was good news, God gave you grace. <laughs> oh, this is powerful stuff. To the death of Christ warranted more than just one small nation. Of course, you know, like I said, in, in, here, in the Psalms, this is what it says. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. That was in the Old Covenant Scriptures. So, see, this is not something that God just like, this is like plan B, no, this wasn't, it wasn't like, because I've actually heard people say, well, because Israel was such a small nation, they didn't follow the law. They didn't overcome, the, take the whole world and make the whole world Jews. He had to add the Gentiles. No, this was, he was hitting God. He was going to do this from the very beginning. He was going to take away the sins of the whole world from the very beginning. God was going to make two of two, Jew and Gentile, one, one new man from the beginning. He says in Ezekiel, 37, 27, my tabernacle also shall be with them. Talking about these Gentiles, my tabernacle was going to be with them too. Yea, I will be their God. They should be my people. And the heathen shall know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel. In other words, we haven't, we haven't become a separate people. We've been gathered into Israel. Now, see, this is, <laughs> this is powerful stuff because that, if that hadn't happened, we would still be alienated from the promises because he only gave the promises to Israel. See, this is that all contain. God gave them everything, all the promises. And now when you're joined to them, you get the benefit of all the promises. It says, when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forever. It's, it, and it, it's, it's, hap- it's happened, but see, it's happened in part. Right now, not, the whole thing's not completed. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. He's working in the earth still today. We know this. You look out there, it'd be impossible for a believer to live in this world if God's grace wasn't keeping him. See, the enemy's stronger than we are, so we got to have some grace. we got to have some grace. And, and good, there's good news. When Christ is in you, he produces a hope that the world, they, 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 they can't do anything about it because they don't understand it. <laughs> they look at you and they think, 
why do they do these things? Same way that people used to look at the Jewish nation and say, why are they, doesn't make any sense why they would do all these things. God in Christ's purpose before the foundation of the world that they were going to create a people that they could live in. Now that's, that's a good news. This is what Jesus said in John 14. Jesus answered and said unto them, If a man love me, he will keep my words. Now, there's not any exceptions in there. He says, well, if a man loved me, he might keep my words. No, if Jesus is saying something here, he will keep my words and my father will love him. And he will come and we will come unto him, the one that's believing, right? The one that's, that's um, loving Jesus will come unto him and make our abode with him. Now, that's right now. We have a first fruit sense or experience with what Jesus just said. They come and they make their abode with you. And, if the, and, and this is what produces the hope of glory. See, they're, in other words, they're, they're, they're making themselves known to us. We're coming to a greater understanding. We don't have all understanding yet. I don't think anybody would, would say that. Uh, we have, in part, we have a measure and we have whatever measure God's determined for us to have. Oh, and it's usually associated with what we're given to do. What are you doing for God? If you don't really do anything for God, you don't need to have a really big understanding, right? All right. So, but see, this isn't the goal of any believer that I know. I'm just content just to have a little bit. I'm, I want my little, little house in the corner of heaven. This isn't what the way faith thinks. Faith thinks big. I, 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 want a, I want a mansion. I want to be with him in glory. I want to, and of course, the cost of that is to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow after Jesus. And when you do that, you're proving that you love Jesus. That's what you're doing. And um, he's going to make his... Now, really, I'm not making this up. Some people have fought against this, this thing, Christ in you. And they say, well, he can't really live in you. It's what's happening is, is the word. See, this is, they say, this is the word that dwells in you. This, as you get it in you, then you have the words in your mind and in your heart. And that's how Christ dwells in you. Well, if that's the case, then why couldn't they, in the, under the old covenant, why couldn't he live in them? See, the, the Holy Spirit was given unto you the day you were baptized in the Christ, right? And the Holy Spirit came in. He moved in. And he, he made it possible for Christ and God to dwell in you because you were sanctified, right? You were made holy. Well, this is good stuff, Brother David. I was just contemplating that I was a heathen. Yeah. He had mercy on me. Amen. Amen. Thinking of the fact that that wouldn't ever have been possible under the old covenant. Mm-hmm. That, but now I can have be a partaker of the covenant and partaker of all the promises. Yes, and amen. Of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. That wasn't possible before. Yeah, amen. Very grateful to God for doing that. Amen. Amen. Well, how is this possible that a holy God? Could, in, could could dwell in you. Because that's what it says. I will make our abode with him, the one that loves Jesus. 
How is it possible? In the Romans 8, 10, it says that if Christ be in you. So see, this is the only way that this is going to happen. So for someone to say, well, he doesn't really, he's not really in you. His person isn't in you. His person's in heaven. But they don't realize that he's, he's eternal and he can be anywhere at the same time, anywhere. It doesn't make any difference. So he moves in so the work can get done. And that's what he says. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, right? But the spirit is life because of righteousness, which tells you what part of you Jesus is living in. He gave you, gave you the Holy Spirit, right? And, and so that, that, old, that, that old man, he was crucified. God put him to death. He put him on the cross the moment you were baptized into Christ. You were baptized into his death. So now your old man was crucified. All right? But crucified doesn't mean dead. It means dying. See, he, so in other words, every day he has to be put to death a little bit more. You have to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. And when that occurs, the life that's in Christ will manifest itself. It will be made known why you're crucifying the flesh. Because until you know why you're crucifying the flesh, you won't really do a very good job of it. I know. I can testify when I, I just said, well, that's what it says in the Bible. That wasn't enough. That wasn't enough. It was there. I needed it to be there, but I needed it to be in my heart. I need to understand why we have to crucify the flesh. Because if you don't, well, it is powerful. It, it'll, it'll, it'll make you think about things and suggest things. And then before you know it, if you don't understand what's going on, it'll overcome you. It has that power. It, it'll, in other words, just like in the garden, you know, I can remember as a boy thinking that, well, Satan tricked her. That's what he did. He tricked her. Yeah, he did. He did trick her. Okay, she, she didn't understand. She thought when she ate of that fruit, she was going to become like God. She believed him. Well, he's a liar, so we don't want to believe Satan. We had an old man that's in perfect harmony with the devil. He's sinful. He's, he's, he, he's not acceptable by God. And so he gives us this good news that the spirit is life because of righteousness. Whose righteousness? Jesus' righteousness. That's what righteousness. He can move in to you because you believe. But what he brings along when he comes is his righteousness. Okay, now this is the pure righteousness of God at work in you. In other words, God will move in. We will make our abode in him. Why? Because you have full possession of the righteousness of God because Jesus purchased it when he took away sin. So now it, God's at, tell you, you're in total harmony. Your new man is sinless. It can't sin. It's new. It's born of God. It cannot sin. That's what John told us, right? It can't sin. So that part of you that's been made new, that's where God dwells. He dwells in your heart by faith. Why? So the work can get done. There's no way for it to get done. He doesn't say the old covenant was, I'm going to give you some guidelines and you better do it. You got to do it. And when they had to do it, we, when we were under the law before the days of Christ, this condemnation, why do people make false gods? Because they're guilty and they know it. And they're trying to make their conscience feel better to where they don't feel terrible all the time that they know. They know, is there something in them 
the image of God that knows they ought to worship God. Well, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Now you see how he is hinging any progress towards God on this one thing, the spirit of God dwelling in you. So the, the good news is that the moment that when you were baptized, God separated, made a separation. He built a wall. <laughs> this is our God. He built a between the old man and the new man. He made a division in you. And now you, you have this old man that's corrupt according to the deceitful lust. He wants to do things that you shouldn't do. And, but, but praise God, you got a new man that's completely compatible with God. And he wants to do the right thing. Oh, what a glorious day it will be when we move into our new bodies that is incapable of sinning. Right? A body that doesn't, it's incapable, can't sin. And, and so you've cultured the new man, you've grown in the new man, and when that new man gets put, because the old man's going to pass away, he's going to be separated forever, that new man moves into that new body, and that will constitute glory, right? Heaven, to be with God forever. Oh. So what does, if the spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead and he dwells in you, what's he going to do? He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or, or bring to life your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. In other words, the Holy Spirit moving into you sanctifies your body. Even this, this is an old, this is an old, old body now, this body. But see, that's why he had to make the distinction. That's why he had to, to create, take the, the new man, and the old man, they could exist in one body, but the fact that the new man is there sanctifies your body for God's use. Now God can be in you and not be offended. Well, that's that necessary, isn't it? When God dwells in you, um, he won't dwell in someone that's not that doesn't have the Holy Spirit. That's really what he's saying. The Holy Spirit's coming, now God can dwell in you, but if you don't have the Holy Spirit... Well, so then why would anybody want to come up with a doctrine that says, well, but we don't really have the Holy Spirit living in us. We just have this book. And I wonder who would motivate anybody to actually come up with a doctrine like that. I'm thinking maybe it's our enemy. So if God's going to dwell in us, what had to happen? We had to be sanctified. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He sanctifies us, sets us apart uh, in First Corinthians, remember Corinthians, he was dealing with those who have, they had made a departure. False prophets had come in and had, had drawn the people away from Christ unto more uh, observance in what you do. When your mind's taken off of the, the power that's in Christ for you to believe and the, to keep to, to keep your fellowship with Christ. When that is when you're distracted from that, there's only really one thing left, and that's the law. See, this is, you only really got two means of righteousness. Either you're going to be trusting in Christ, that he's making you righteous, and that because of that righteousness, you'll do righteous works for God. Or you're going to have to come up with a way to be righteous on your own. 
Well, these false prophets that came in were teaching them these kinds of things. And, and so Paul had to address them harshly. And he says this to them. Know ye not, this is 1 Corinthians 3.16. This is one of those 3.16s. Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you? What's Paul saying? He's saying, look, you, if you, what you're doing, if, if what you're doing with your body isn't glorifying God, then there's another spirit in you at work. That's what he's saying. And so, see, that they say, well, what's, it's not so bad. God understands our weaknesses. It, God doesn't understand our weaknesses and, and our sins and our transgressions anymore. There was a time in the old when he winked at it, right? Because Christ hadn't been born. Sin hadn't been taken away. So God was long-suffering and merciful. So what happens when, when any of us sin? We have denied the influence of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will never lead me to sin. Never. What does what part of me does? Well, we know that, don't we? It's the old man. The old man wants his way. And so he, he tries to bombard us with, but see, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. That spirit that Christ put in you, it says he lusteth to envy, Right? In other words, he goes to battle when your old man. See, your your involvement at this point, at the point where the battle's going on between the flesh and the spirit, because the spirit is lusting. He's lusting to, to do the works of God in you. And the old man's trying to resist it. And so the Holy Spirit will ask things of God for you when you don't even know you need them. A lot of victories that you have uh, received that you were because the Holy Spirit was ministering on your behalf, asking for things from God. The, the, the Galatian church had declined so much that Paul even became uncertain of, of their ability to be able to properly understand this truth. He, see, so, so this is not like like God, God sent Christ, he took away sin, he went into heaven, and now if you believe, you're just, that's it, it's over. You don't have nothing to worry about. We're, we're walking. This is, we're on our way to glory. We're being saved day by day as we believe and submit to Christ. He's saving us from the wrath to come. But, but this is the moment that we don't participate in salvation or we don't become we don't listen to the Holy Spirit. We don't walk in the Spirit. We, became, we become a target, right? The enemy's, well, he's fierce. And, 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 you know, I was thinking about this. How could I, what kind of analogy could I give that this is true? Well, just look around. Look, just turn the news on for five minutes. We live in, in, in hard times, okay? I'm talking the church. It, it hasn't held up. The, the, the banner. It just hasn't. Okay? It, truth has fallen in the streets. You say, well, this sounds really negative. This is the truth. So what, 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 what ought we to do then? Give all diligence in making your calling and election sure. In other words, if, if those around you make poor decisions, make sure you don't. Make sure, make sure you press in because look at it. We have all the resources. We have all these great promises. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. We have a Savior at the right hand of God. We have, and we, 
There's no reason. There is no reason as I look in the mirror and I tell myself, Bob, you have no reason to sin. There is no excuse I can give God because he's provided a way of escape. Now I have to give all diligence to find that. See, to be able to recognize the escape. Number one, and I think this is becoming more and more evident to me, the only reason why I sin ever is because there's something in me that wants to do that. And he makes an, Satan makes an appeal. The enemy says, hey, he likes this. Let's talk about, think about this some more. But see, when you focus on Christ, it, it like almost takes those distractions and it's just like, I don't want to listen to that. I want more and more of God. He's coming. He's coming back. And when he comes back, the distinction's going to be set in stone. See, now, now we know in part, right? And we prophesy in part. We don't have all of it. We don't have the fullness. I mean, we have the fullness of, of the revelations of Christ, and we have all these things. But see, even that, all that, it's in part. One of these days, he's going to show up. And he, just what Jesus said, he's going to divide the sheep, the, the sheep on one side and the goats on the other. Now, the goats... I know this is hard for some people to to receive, but the goats, they were always goats. Just like, remember in the field, the man planted good seed. And then somebody else came. The enemy came at night and he planted tares among the wheat, right? Now, they said, should we go out there and we pluck them out? And he says, no, otherwise you might pluck out some of the wheat. Let them grow together until the end. Well, well, did any of those tares ever become wheat? Did a tear say, you know what? I've been here around these weeks. I think I'm, I'm going to. No, they didn't. And in the end, first he sent his angels to gather together the chaff, the wheat, and cast it into the furnace with the, the grain he gathered into his barns. And this is, see, this, this shows us that there's a great, there's a fight right now. There's a war. And we're engaged in a battle. And we can win if we trust in Christ. He's doing the great work. We're believing that he can do the great work. So anyway, I thank God for Christ being in us. In other words, we can't lose if we stay with Christ. Brother? I was uh, thinking of the scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, talking about us being built together into a holy temple of the Lord. Ephesians 2.22, in whom... You also are building together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Amen. That would be God dwelling in us. Yes. Christ Amen. living in us by, by faith. That's right. Through the Spirit. Amen. It's a real thing. Amen. It's a real thing. If it wasn't a real thing, we wouldn't overcome even one temptation. But see, he's he really is there. All power in heaven and earth has been given to him. To what? To bring the sons home. <laughs> Can he fail? He can't fail. He's going to do the work. The question is, 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 are we, are we participating? And, and see, the thing is, is actually all of us, every one of us can answer that question. We know you can't participate without knowing. It's like, well, I cooked that cake last night, but you know, I was asleep the whole time. Well, you could try to do that, but it's probably not going to work out. Right. You've got to be, you got to participate to do anything you do. And um, God made it that way to show us, to teach us, to see. It isn't like our participation is saving us. It's because we're saved, because we're justified, we want to participate. 
And boy, is he given us avenues to participate. We can bless one another, build each other up in the most holy faith. God's good. Any other comments? We're going to have a word of prayer and have our our snacks. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for giving us the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that he paid the price, Lord, so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. We ask, Father, as we consider your son and consider your grace and your mercy towards us, that, Father, we would not only give thanks, but, Father, we would make a commitment to give all to you. That, Father, we would, at every opportunity, lay down our life Father, that we might experience your life. Father, we ask, Lord, that you would guide us uh, according to your, your, your grace and your mercy. You would guide us, Father, to be used of you. We would be honorable vessels so that we could be used uh, for your good works. We thank you, Father, for giving us peace and, and grace today. Thank you, Father, for giving us uh, a hope, a grand hope that one, one day, Father, we will be joined together permanently with you and we will never again have to go out. We thank you for the food you've given us today, Lord. We thank you, Father, for all these resources. We don't take them for granted. And we thank you and we praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.